You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Man, we are just uh, getting through the year. How quick has this year been? I don't know about you, but as I get older, every single year just goes by faster and faster. And uh, that's kind of scary, but also in a way, maybe motivational. Yeah, I would say it's motivational to just encourage yourself to do the things that you're scared to do, take the chances that you're afraid to take because life is short and there's only so much time that we have. So why not take advantage of it? Uh, On today's episode, I wanted to talk to you just real quick about places to approach women something that comes up a lot in my coaching calls. I'd say one of the most common questions I actually get is where do you approach women? I know I've covered this topic before on the podcast, on my YouTube channel, on TikTok. I, I've talked about this, but I think it really, it, it, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again, but it really begs to be talked about a few times because I think guys should understand where to approach women. And I don't mean a specific place like, oh, you need to go to, a yoga studio or the cute girls are at your gym or, you know, make sure you go to a, you know, raging club. Really forget about the specificity of the type of place it is. And I would focus on quantity. Okay. So quantity. So what does this mean? Quantity means you need to be thinking about where are the places where you can do a lot of approaches. Volume is the most important thing. Right now in 2021 and 2022, and uh, even if you're listening to this in the year 2030, I'm sure it's not going to have changed. The name of the game is volume. You need to be approaching a lot of women. If you're doing online dating, you need to be swiping on a lot of women. You need to do a lot of volume for the reasons that there is a lot of competition out there. So a lot of people are doing a lot of dating and have a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of people. So you need to be doing the same thing. Also, with your three non-negotiables, you need to be making sure that you're finding a girl who's good for you and what you want, whether it be casual or a serious relationship. You need to be finding a woman who wants the same things that you do and is on the same path as you and just whatever the non-negotiables are. And it might not be easy to find that if you're talking to two women a month. The odds are you will not find a person who's going to meet your non-negotiables or someone who's going to be good for what you're looking for dating-wise if your volume is low. So that's my argument, so to speak, for high volume. So that means that you need to go to places that have high volume. So you might think off the top of your head, you know, there's that one coffee shop where there's like always like one or two cute girls. I need to go there and do that. So that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I also think that a coffee shop might be a tough place to get a lot of volume. You're probably only going to get one approach out of a coffee shop. Because when you go there, you can't just go around and just talk to every single girl and hit on them. That's going to be kind of strange. It's not going to work that well. You got maybe one, maybe two approaches out of a coffee shop. So maybe that's not the best place. Now, again, you might live in, I don't know, who knows, Europe or, or Asia, where sometimes some of those coffee shops are very big. Hell, there's even uh, Starbucks in some major cities that are very big. Well, that's a different story, right? You know, a Starbucks connected to a Barnes & Noble, if that's even still around, well, then maybe there's more approaches there. But again, so I'm not trying to tell you specific places, more so think about the places where you can do, and here's the tip today, and here's the kind of rule to follow, where you can do a minimum of five approaches. If there's a place you know 
that you want to meet women or you want to practice the art of approaching and meeting women in person, and you think of a place to go to, if the number in your head is, "Mm, there's probably not going to be more than five women to approach there, it's not going to be a good place. So I want to be careful when I say this too. I'm not saying you should never approach at a coffee shop or a yoga studio or a place where there's only a few approaches. That's fine. All the approaching that you're doing and all the approaching that I'm trying to coach you through here on this podcast and of course in the coaching program as well, prepares you for those moments, right? The idea is get a lot of volume so you can get really good at approaching. So in that moment when you're actually going to the coffee shop or going to yoga, going to the gym or going wherever and you see that one girl that's really cute, you're going to be prepared and know how to do it. But a lot of guys start off with major approach anxiety or maybe they don't have approach anxiety at all. They just don't know how to flirt and and be charismatic and talk to women. You're not going to have those skill sets. So you need to start out with a lot of volume. So that's why you need to be thinking of the places where there are a lot of women that you can talk to. Okay. Now be reasonable here, right? You might say, oh, well, I could go to like a Target or a Whole Foods, but I never really see that many cute girls there. Well, okay. But you do know that when you go there, there's going to be a minimum of five approaches. So where can you go where the opportunity can present more than five approaches? So we'll go over a couple of examples, right? So that might be, like I said, a department store, Target, Whole Foods, a grocery store, a shopping mall. It could be a downtown area or a park where people are walking around, right? So more than five opportunities, because you don't want to be bouncing around to six different coffee shops to get one approach in. You know, you want to try to be efficient with your time. So if you're spending, let's say, an hour or two hours a week on doing approaches, where are those places that you can go where you can get that volume so you're not walking around? So, you know, again, if you have really bad approach anxiety and you go to a place and there's only one person to approach because it's a low volume place and your approach anxiety gets the best of you and you don't do it, then you're totally screwed. Now you have zero because you got to count for that. Sometimes you're going to go to places and you're going to get in your head and you're going to skip a couple of approaches and that's normal. So you need to be in a place where, okay, there are more opportunities present itself for you to be able to do that approach. So that's what I want you to think. Where are the places in your town? Some of you might be like, well, I live in a small town. What am I supposed to do? So the answer that I give guys, again, especially in the coaching program, so guys who I coach who live in small towns, the answer is, what is the nearest town? And I would say anywhere from about 30 minutes to an hour away. I think you have the time to get in your car and drive if it calls for it. What's that nearest town that has a bigger population where you can get that volume, where you have that opportunity? So if you live in a suburb, maybe you're going to have to drive down to the city. I used to live in LA and I remember I had to drive all the way to Hollywood because for a period of time when I was learning this stuff, I was in the suburbs. So I was in the suburbs of LA and there wasn't that much volume. So I had to drive sometimes, uh, yeah, a little over an hour to get to like Santa Monica to do approaches. So you got to do what you got to do, right? So if you live in that small town, get to the nearest city where you can get that volume. Very important. So there you go. That's the answer. That's the quick answer. Uh, That's the quick and the long answer. That's really all you need to know in terms of where rich women. So here's the super, the most short answer I could give you. Where's the best place to meet a lot of women wherever a lot of women are? There you go. That's your filter. That's what I want you to be thinking about. Um, Real quick, before we get into some Q&A, which I'm going to do today, I want to go into some Q&A of people who have been writing in amazing questions lately for the podcast. And I appreciate all of you who do. And thank you for bearing with me as I get through them. I'm not too far behind, but uh, you guys are just really coming in with them. So I do get to them eventually, as you see, just keep listening to the episodes and I will get to them. Uh, lately, I've been only wanting to interview 
people who I'm very interested in interviewing. There was a point in time when I was doing a lot of interviews and I feel like I got all the interviews that I wanted to do on the podcast. So now I only do it when it's someone who's unique, different, interesting, or someone I'm interested in speaking to. So as you can tell, there's a lot less of that and more of me being able to answer your questions and go through those. So um, yeah, okay. What was I going to say? I was going to say, before we get into Q&A, uh, this is something I rarely do on the podcast. I'm going to tell you something that I think is really cool that I'm doing. And I want to do this every once in a while. And by the way, this is my point here before I get to what I'm saying. This is not an advertisement. Uh, I don't think I've, I've really ever done any advertisements on the podcast, other than, of course, my own coaching and my programs and things like that. But like paid sponsorships, I don't do those. I probably, I mean, I, I'll never say never, but... I don't seek them out. I did at one point early on in the podcast, so I did advertise some things that I believed in. Uh, my point here is, again, I always do these long-winded uh, pre-little uh, things here. But what I'm saying here is what I'm about to tell you right now is something that I have purchased that I am not getting paid to tell you to purchase it. And you'll know that because I'm not going to give you a unique link um, I guess you'll have to take my word for it. Of course, you know the company could pay me to do it, but I want to be able to do this and also to do this with you also trusting the fact that um, I'm going to tell you whether or not it is ever an advertisement. So this is not an advertisement. It's something I was like, man, the guy's got to know about this because I'm really into this and I want to be able to tell you about it. So what is it? <laughs> Drum roll, please, even though it's not that big of a deal. So there's something called Bespoke Post. It is a and is this, um, what do you call it, a delivery service, a ah, subscription, that's the word I'm looking for. It's a subscription service, and it's all cool guy products. Again, this is not an advertisement, it's something that I do, and I want to share it with you. And I'll be honest, it does not hit 100%. They send you, they offer you boxes every month. I don't take them up on the boxes every month, because I'm just not interested in every single product that they offer. But basically what it is, is every single month, they deliver you a box that has to do with a specific product. So for example, the last one I got was this candle set, which I never thought I would get that. But um, my girlfriend's really into candles. And I thought, oh, why not? We can use some candles around and it, it makes the place smell nice. And they're like kind of like guy candles. So they almost smell like a good cologne, but it's very mild. So it doesn't like take up this intense, it's not this intense scent where you walk in the room, you're like, whoa, someone spread a lot of cologne. It's very mild, it's very subtle. Anyways, I've been really enjoying it. I never even thought I would enjoy candles. And uh, it's been nice having it in the room. It just makes it smell good. So in my office, when I come in here, it smells nice. It's a nice little aroma. So that's one thing. I know that sounds like that's not very guyish trip. Well, um, that's just one of the boxes. They do like uh, cocktail sets. They even like do like uh, woodsman sets where you get like a little axe and there's like knives and they do some cooking stuff. Uh, really cool stuff. Anyways, I just thought I would share with you. If you want to check it out, uh, bespokepost.com. And uh, like I said, I don't usually get the boxes. When I first got it, I was like really into it. And I was almost getting it every month. And that's a cool thing too, is you can choose to not get the box. You know, it's like 40 or 50 bucks a month and you only pay for the boxes that you choose to have. So they'll be like, this month we're featuring, you know, like candles or whatever. And you can go in and say, no, I don't want that. Or that you can go and get another box that they previously offered or whatever, um, so what other things have I gotten? So I'm about to get this smoking, smoking cocktail kit. So I got really into making old fashions and cocktails during quarantine. And so they have this cool smoking kit where you put the drink in this glass and you smoke some wood. And I was like, whoa, that is awesome. So I'm going to get that soon. I got some clothes. So one time I got some wool socks. I got a flannel 
things like that. Anyways, I thought you guys would enjoy it. Again, I promise you, this is not an ad, and I want to be able to continue to share things with you that I like and enjoy. And listen, I hope, I want to be able to get money for this. Don't get me wrong. I would love if Bespoke Post somehow heard about this and was like, you advertise us, we'll pay you. Like, great, I'd love to get. Who wouldn't want to get paid for talking about things that they really enjoy? And uh, so, yeah, I'm doing that. What other stuff am I doing? I'm doing Stitch Fix. That's a cool one. I've been doing Stitch Fix. That's another box subscription. That's the only other box subscription that I have. I don't do these, any of these other ones. So Stitch Fix is pretty cool. I've been doing that for a while. They give you some really good clothes and I'm at the point where I've done it for over a year. So it's like free at this point. So they used to charge you a $20 styling fee that will go towards any purchases. But if you're on there long enough, they just wave it for you. And it's amazing because that is the smartest business move I've ever seen. The fact that they wave that, that made me just keep on going. It's like, well, I might as well get this box for free because you don't have to keep the clothes. They send you five different items and you can just return it for free and charge you $0 for it. So they really got me because there was a point where I was like, I think I'm good now. But I was like, well, why? What is, I should just keep going. It's free, right? It's so funny. Very smart the way some businesses handle stuff like that. But that's also why they're like a billion dollar company, I think, at this point. So I'm doing that. Um, any other products I'm into? I think I talked about this on my newsletter. A water pick. That's not like a crazy new invention or anything. There's been water picks around for decades, but something I've been into a lot recently, I think I talked about that on the other episode where I interviewed a dental hygienist. And here's another one. This is this is very actually personal. So the other ones are kind of recommendations, like Stitch Fix could be cool for you, Bespoke Post could be cool for you. This next one is not necessarily a recommendation, although if you're looking for hobbies, this definitely is. So one thing I've gotten into, and I know you're going to laugh, but you know what? Laugh at me because I absolutely love it. I just become obsessed with Legos, okay? I know that sounds crazy. And if any of you listening are like, who, who do Legos or know what I'm talking about, you're like, wow, I get it. But for those of you who are like, Legos, isn't that for kids? So yes, it is for kids. However, it's so fun. It's so nerdy. They have, it's a genius. No wonder this is a, I think it's, I think it's a billion dollar company. You know, let's actually look it up. Legos billion dollar company, is it? Maybe I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I, okay, I just looked it up and I was right. $2.1 billion. In the first half of 2015, the Lego Group became the world's largest toy company by revenue with sales amounting to $2.1 billion, surpassing Mattel. Oh my gosh. So yes, it is a billion dollar company and they're very smart because I can tell they are catering to dads, even though I'm not a dad, uh, but they're catering to, to adults. They have adult sets. So for example, I just got a Seinfeld set because that was one of my favorite shows growing up. And it's like, that's not a very interesting thing for a kid to build. It's like a, it's a TV set, right? Like a, it's not very interesting. Another one was they came out with a Fender guitar. So like they actually had Fender uh, be part of this, or like the actual logo is on there and the guitar is so cool. And it's like, you can put these around your house, your apartment, your condo, wherever. And it just looks, looks cool. It's like little pieces of art, depending on what it is you're building. So anyways, I got into that. If anyone's looking for a new hobby, where they can just like listen to some music and just relax and build some stuff and kind of you know zone out into a world of of building something. Legos is pretty cool. Anyway, thought I would just give you a little bit of an update of what I've been into, what I've been doing, some of the products that I like. And I realize that I do like hearing from other people. So for example, I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast and he was talking about some software that he uses for actually his podcasting things that I use. And he was telling me about what he recommends, what he likes. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I like when people do that. So I'm going to do that to you too. If you're on my email list, I'm sure I'll be talking about bespoke post as well. And, uh, and help, 
maybe my Lego addiction. We'll see. We'll see about that. So anywho, there you go. Um, we will, I'm not even going to put those links in the bio for you. I mean, just, you know, I said it again, maybe this is just another way to prove to you that this is nothing to do with me getting paid for it. Like I said, it would be great if I could. It'd be great if Legos just uh, paid me to talk about them, but no, they don't. I do actually have Legos. It is the truth. Anyway, why don't we go into some Q&A. Before that, why don't I actually talk about the thing that I do get paid for, which is the things that I create and it is always sponsored by, which is coaching. Coaching or my course called Hooked, which you can get at getherhooked.com. That is my video course teaching you all about how to attract women, how to meet women, how to build a personality that is attractive to women, but also talk about the outer qualities and how to be your most attractive self. And then if you want coaching, you want to work with me or one of my coaches here at TripAdvice, that is available to you too at coachedbytrip.com. And there you can apply to work with my team and we can help you get to the next level by giving you specific homework and holding you accountable every week to go out, to do approaches, to talk to women. We help you with building your online dating profile. We help you with everything to meet more women, to become more attractive, and to make sure that you actually do it. Sometimes it's hard to do a course on your own or listen to a podcast like this and be able to figure it out on your own. That's why coaching is a big help. The value in coaching, I was just saying this to a client who just signed up, the value of coaching is that it helps you get to where you want to be faster. Like That's why we do coaching. So you can make sure that you are getting the results, right? Well, hopefully you're getting coached by someone who can actually get you the result, but it is about getting to the point of where you want to be faster. That's why you would maybe hire someone to help you with uh, with training, right? Fitness training. They're going to know exactly what to do and what to tell you to make sure you're doing the right form, eating the right things, so you get results faster. So it's all about saving time. Well, of course, my video course hooked does the same thing, but doing it on your own, holding yourself accountable can be tough. Some people can do it. Some people can't. Either way, you have both options. Check out my hooked program, getterhooked.com. Apply to do coaching at coachedbytrip.com. Those links will be in the show notes. Thank you for letting me talk about that. That is what keeps the trip advice running. That's what helps me continue to get great podcasts out to you and all that good stuff. Why don't we do some Q&A? I'm interested in helping some guys who've been writing in. You can write in too, write into me, email me, trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line, podcast question, and then that will tell me that you are interested in having a question being answered here in the podcast. Just like our friend Ryan, who writes in and says, hey, Trip, first of all, I want to say I'm a new listener of your podcast and I love it. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ryan. He continues, I'm a college student and in my town, my political beliefs do not line up with many others. I do not like to talk about politics though. And when I'm talking to girls, they will often try to pry an answer out of me on what political party I am in. I found that when my political beliefs do not line up with theirs, they will get angry and cut me off. Mind you, I do not push it or start any arguments. This is frustrating because politics is never a deal breaker for me, but it is always for the girl. Should I pretend to be politically neutral? Should I ask a girl right away about politics? What should I do in these situations? Thank you very much, Ryan. All right. Well, the simple answer here, Ryan, and we mentioned this actually earlier today, don't you love it when it all connects, is talking about your non-negotiables. So you have to have your non-negotiables. Now, I understand, I understand that your your non-negotiable doesn't have to do with this because you don't care. It sounds like you don't care what political beliefs they are in, but it sounds like they have non-negotiables, 
where they care what you are in. I wonder if you live in D.C. That sounds like you might live there or maybe a super liberal town that happens to be in a conservative state. Anywho, uh, so okay, so we're, we're getting down to your non-negotiables. It sounds like for you, it doesn't really matter what the non-negotiable is because you don't care about this, but it is for them. But you have to understand that that's kind of the name of the game here. You're going to have non-negotiables. They're going to have non-negotiables. So no matter what, they're going to be finding out sooner or later what your political beliefs are. And if it doesn't line up, it doesn't line up. The last thing I want to tell you to do is to pretend, right? You said, should I pretend to be politically neutral? Like, no, you shouldn't. This is kind of one of those situations where it it sucks to be in it. But again, we're going to connect this right back to today's topic, honestly, is that I have a feeling that you're having a volume problem, okay? Unless you just happen to be living in a city that really is, and it sounds like if based on your first your first sentence here, that you're living in a city where it's so different from everybody else, you're going to have to get more volume to find someone who, when they ask you what your political beliefs are, it's not going to offend them. Or, and you're a college student, so you know, this might be the case where you're just going to have to wait until you can move somewhere. That's another thing. Guys, if you have strong political beliefs about something or you don't and you live in a place, though, that is still not lining up with your political beliefs, maybe you have to move. And I understand that that's not easy for some people, but you can't change that. Like, there's nothing you can do there. I wish I had a magic wand, but it's really about volume. So you got to be meeting more women to find the women that they're not going to be offended, or you need to be going and living in a different city where you can meet someone that's going to line up with you. And I I imagine that as much as you don't really care, you probably do a little bit. Like I'd imagine you you seem to have, because, well, here's the thing. Now that I'm thinking about this, it sounds like you do have some strong political beliefs because if you were actually neutral, then this wouldn't be a problem. So this technically is a non-negotiable for you and it's already not working out. So this is a blessing in disguise. You're saying this is bad, but no, this is good. You clearly have a stance that's strong enough where they're not liking it because you're not neutral. So it doesn't work for you either. So there we go. We kind of just worked it out. This doesn't matter. Like this problem doesn't, is not a problem. Because this is not going to work for you anyways. But also, getting down to the real nitty-gritty of this question, Ryan, you're in college, dude. You're young. You don't need to be focusing too much on girls. You know, I tell guys that when you're in college, focus on college. You can do a little bit of partying and a little bit of, you know, talking to girls and kind of do your best. But honestly, as much as I wanted to be good in college, I remember there were times where I focused so much on socializing that it it hurt my GPA and I wasn't getting too far anyways because college is in a sense kind of like high school. You see the same people. It's just you can't always get the volume. And I lived in a pretty big college town too. I went to the University of Illinois. So there was a lot of people there, but it was still seeing the same people over and over. And and so my point here is, is that once you are going to be in a big city, i Bet you that the volume that you do, as long as you're doing the volume, it's not going to be as big of a deal because you're going to be meeting enough people who will line up with your political beliefs or potentially be neutral. So focus on your college, get some good grades, figure out how you can make a lot of money when you leave college so you can have a life that is supported. You know, you can do the things that you want to do and money helps with that, helps you become a person who 
can fix their problems. There's a famous saying by copywriter John Carlton that says, money solves problems that not having money causes. So figure out how you can be successful and make sure that you're not just focused on socializing and partying and meeting girls and sleeping with girls in college. Hope that helps, Ryan. I love these questions where I kind of give an answer at first and we're working it out because if you guys don't already know, I don't look at these questions beforehand. The second I start reading it, it's the first time I've ever read it. And uh, some people might say, well, that sounds a little unprepared, Trip. But honestly, I, I like being able to craft this skill. I think there's a skill in being able to just read a question and then just answer it. And I want to be able to do that. And I think I'm doing a pretty decent job. So, uh, And it also makes it more fun for me. It's exciting to be able to just ask, hear the question or read the question here and then just dive right into an answer. It's, it's challenging for me. I like it. Okay, let's go to the next one. From Ali. Hey, Trip, my name is Ali or Ali, maybe. He says, my name is Ali, and I just want to start by saying that your show has helped me a lot with relationships and my life in general, so thank you for that. Thank you, Ali. He continues, I'm a pretty old school guy that sticks with approaching women during my everyday life. I was never a fan of dating apps and walking up to women and talking is more fun, and it's been working perfectly for me. My issue is that I never had a serious relationship where I completely fell in love, and I recently met someone that I really like, and I want to try to pursue something more with her. So my question is, How do I emotionally escalate things with her? How do I go from interest to deeper feelings? Thank you and keep doing what you're doing. This is an interesting question. I think it's kind of vague. It's a little bit vague. So it sounds like you're approaching, it's going well, but your issue is that that you've never had a serious relationship where you completely fell in love. So you want to pursue something more with her. It's almost like I feel like this question is, is almost too simple. And that's where I'm almost feeling like, hmm, what's he really trying to say here? How do you emotionally escalate things with her? Well, I think you're always emotionally escalating. This is why one of the reasons why I have in my book and my program and here on the podcast, I talk about this, my YouTube channel, I talk about the idea of physically escalating is because the physical escalation is such a, like time-wise, is such a small portion of when you're with a girl. Like when you're with a girl, you're not having sex for 95% of the time, are you? or kissing for 95% of the time. I mean, maybe you're doing those things a lot, but let's be honest. You're talking more, you're spending time with them. That's the majority of the time there. So that is the emotional escalation. See, and then your question is, how do I go from interest to deeper feelings? Well, you connect with them, you talk with them, you spend time with them, you go on dates with them. That's it. I wouldn't wouldn't overthink this. Again, you haven't said anything about getting physical. So hopefully you are getting physical with them and you are, because here's the thing, when you get physical with a woman, When you're having sex with a woman, that does create a deeper emotional connection. So it's a combination of physically escalating, having sexual relationships with them. I don't know why I pluralized that. Having a sexualized relationship with them, getting to know them, figuring out if they have the non-negotiables that you're looking for, and that's it. One way you can connect with them better, I talk about this quite a bit, is in my book, or you can look up online the 36 questions that make a girl fall in love with you is a study that was done. You can pick a couple of those questions and and that is a very practical way to connect with someone and, and get to know them better. I wouldn't get super vulnerable with them. This is a callback to one of my recent episodes. If you guys are listening to all the episodes, you'll know what I'm talking about. I went in a whole rant about vulnerability and the, and the uh, danger of that. I'm not going to go into that right now, but you can listen to that episode. It was about one or two episodes ago. And, uh, and yeah, so that's it. That's the answer. I'd say it's, it's 
pretty simple. Don't overanalyze it. Do what you're doing. Just don't put her on a pedestal. This is, uh, I want to go to the next question, but there's still more to say here. Just make sure that you are not putting her on a pedestal, that you are not saying, whoa, this one I really like. I know that's naturally going to happen. That's what dating is. You're going to not like most women, and of just a few you will. But you got to be careful because if you treat this one differently, a lot of guys, what they do is they go, oh, no, this girl's different. So they treat her differently. They forget all the rules of attraction. They end up becoming needy. The girl becomes unattracted to them, and they go, what happened? And they go, it always happens. Every time I like a girl... I end up pushing them away. It's because you treat them differently. You treat them like they are special, like they are a unicorn, and so you act in a way that becomes unattractive. So what I'm saying, Ali, is be careful that you don't do that. Great questions, guys. Let's keep going. Hi, Trip. Really enjoying the podcast. I'm 40 years old and live in Melbourne, Australia. This is from Adrian. Adrian, do you like how I pronounced that correctly? Pretty sure I did. Melbourne. I used to say Melbourne, but I don't think that is the appropriate or correct uh, enunciation. Melbourne, Australia. Okay, you continue and say, you have spoken about going out solo to bars. I was wondering if you have any advice on how to do this, by which I mean what to do, what do you do when you walk up to a joint by yourself? Do you hang by the bar or walk around the venue? If you could offer some advice on how to approach this, that would be great. Thanks, mate. Adrian, you know what I'm going to do? Adrian, I'm going to answer your question, and then I'm going to do an episode where I talk about this more in depth. Although, maybe what I'm about to say right now is really all you need to know. So we'll see. Okay, my answer is this. And I've done this before. I can speak to this. First, I'll say, when you go out alone, there is, there is nothing like the amount of lessons you're going to learn when you go out alone to talk to women. The amount of lessons that you are going to learn is just incredible. What I mean is it's hard to go out alone. So you're going to learn more because you're going to be forced out of your comfort zone. So now you're asking, what do you do? So here's the tip. Here's the trick. Here's the number, here's the number one tip for going out by yourself. If you're going to not remember anything I say for this answer, just remember this. When you go out alone, you got to approach immediately. That is the number one tip. The longer you wait to knock out your first approach, the harder the rest of the approaches are going to be with your approach anxiety. And if you don't have your approach anxiety, it's still going to be hard because you got to be warmed up. You just have to be. It doesn't matter if you have no approach anxiety or lots of approach anxiety, you got to be warmed up. So I remember when I would go out solo and it wasn't too long ago, I did it a lot throughout my uh, since the time I learned how to meet women, I've been doing this a lot. And I always remember the nights that were the hardest were the ones that I didn't just go and approach as soon as I could. So you got to approach as soon as you can to knock that out and just get into state. Okay. There's a term called getting into state, which means you're getting into this, this mode of, okay, I'm out and I'm talking to women tonight and I'm being social. It's like social mode. Okay. So you don't want to be hanging by yourself. You said, do you hang by the bar, walk around the venue? Well, you start approaching as soon as you can. And that means anyone. So this means even a girl you're not attracted to. It could mean the bouncer. It could mean talking to uh, the first even group of guys, like anyone you can see, people in line, just talk to them, just get that going. And then, yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're just going to walk around the venue. Here's the thing too. You got to understand when you're out alone, people 
are not paying attention to you as much as you think that they are. You are always going to be the center of your universe. So you assume that everyone's looking at you, judging you, talking about you, you know, paying attention to everything that you're doing. It's just not the case. And I can prove it right now. When you're out, whether it be alone or in a group of people, are you looking around and you notice a guy who's walking around talking to a bunch of girls? Probably not. You don't even notice that because if a guy is going to a bar and approaching a girl, you're just assuming that that guy is with him. You're not even paying attention. You're not even necessarily paying attention to the other people around you. You're paying attention to you. The only time you're probably ever paying attention to a lot of people around you is if you yourself are in the situation where you're trying to go and talk to women. In that case, you're not judging anybody. You're just finding a woman that you want to talk to. So don't be concerned with what people are thinking about you. Now, another thing that people do Kind of related to my first tip here is, you know, you think like, okay, you got to go to the bar. Like the bar is the safest place because it's the less, it's the it's the least vulnerable place because no one is really paying attention to you. You can kind of lean against the bar. You can order a drink. Don't do that. Do an approach as fast as you can. And then reward yourself by going to the bar. And I don't recommend drinking. Try to do this sober. I recommend going to the bar and ordering yourself a water. Tip the bartender because, you know, you might be going back for another water later. And also I think it's the right thing to do. Get a water. If you want to be even uh, more sly and look like you're drinking something, get a club soda and a lime. It looks like you're drinking like a vodka tonic, gin and tonic or something like that if you really want to. But I wouldn't focus on that as much. More importantly, do your approaches. Go out there. Talk to as many people as you can. Do it right away. I'll stop there. There might be some more advice, but uh, I think that does answer your question. Maybe we'll talk about this in another episode more in full But to answer your question, do you hang by the bar or walk around the venue? You walk around, but you do approaches. And if you've done enough approaches where you're like, okay, I've approached this whole bar or I've approached enough people and I want to go to the next place, you go to the next place and you do it all over again. All right, let's go to another question from Chris. Hi, Trip. I've been watching the podcast for a few months and it's been extremely helpful. I'm wondering how to approach someone online that I used to go to school with. We haven't spoken since high school and it's been over 10 years. What's the best way to initiate and maintain conversation with them? I may be thinking, overthinking it, but again, everything you've said has been a learning experience. Thank for all you thank you for all you have done, Chris. Okay, so Chris wants to know what do you do when there's someone that you want to talk to? So I'm guessing it's probably Facebook, maybe Instagram. Uh, we haven't spoken since high school. It's been over 10 years. Okay, so actually, you know what's funny? As uh, I answered this question, and it was from a client. I wonder if it's, there's no way that my client would have asked me a question here on the podcast, but it was a very, very similar. But then again, I've had this question before for many people, so it is a common one. What do you do? Very simple. Message them and just say this simple line. Here's this simple line. You ready for this? Just say, hey, it's been a while. How have things been by you? Or any kind of any kind of line similar to that. You can make it your own, but that's the basic idea. Hey, it's been a while. How have things been by you? Because here's the thing. That is going to test any sort of level of interest, even though you got to remember you can't build attraction over text and all that. So you better have some sort of profile that makes you look good because that's all they have to go off of unless they had some sort of crush on you or remember your personality from a long time ago. So my point here is, is Chris, I'm going to give you this advice, which I already started, but it's going to be a very low conversion rate. So anyone out there who's trying to get those girls from 10 years ago, it's a low conversion. So it's possible. I've done it before, but I've also 
uh, I don't know if failed is the word, but I guess I've also failed at it too. Like it's worked a couple times, but most of the times the conversations don't go anywhere. But here's what you would do. You'd say, hey, it's been a while. How have things been by you? And maybe they, they don't respond. Okay, it's over. And if they do respond, you can get a little bit of a conversation going. I wouldn't go back and forth for too long. Maybe three to five messages. You know, they'll say, oh, it's been good. This and this and that. And then they'll probably ask you, how have you been? And then you, when you respond, respond positively. Respond in a way where you're like, life is awesome, but without being arrogant. And try to be specific. Don't just be like, oh, life is good. You know, it's like, why is it good? Why is your life awesome? What's going on? What's going on with you? What are you doing? What are you up to? Like, give them a little bit of detail, not a long paragraph. I'm talking about a couple of sentences at the most. So just specific and to the point. After a couple back and forths, just say to them, we should grab a drink sometime and catch up more. What do you say? We should grab a drink sometime and catch up more. What do you say? And then they'll say, yeah, let's do it or no, whatever. And if they say yes, say great. When, you know, when's best for you and just schedule it. So again, this is not a long back and forth thing. You don't want to be sitting here wasting your time back and forth, back and forth. It should just be like, hey, let's meet up after a couple of, just a couple of back and forth exchanges. Chris, I would try that. Uh, You know, cross your fingers on this one. I doubt that this is going to happen and, and that's okay. That makes sense. Attraction can't be built over text. It happens in person. So again, you know, the chances are low. These are good questions. We're going to cap it here. Guys, if you need help, you know what to do. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. If you need more help than a quick question, you need coaching, you know what to do. Go to coachedbytrip.com. Link is in the show notes. And you and I, or you and one of my coaching, one of my head coaches can work with you and get the help that you need. Coaching is offered in one-on-one, and I have a mastermind where I put together about two, three, four guys at the most, and that happens weekly, and there's weekly calls in the one-on-one coaching program. Love to help you. Fill out an application today, and let's get this thing handled, and I hope to see you on the next episode. Remember, like I said, all the things I've talked about today were not advertisements. I don't know why I feel the need to say that over and over. I guess I just want to make sure that you know Uh, that the relationship that I have between you and me is sacred and it is important to me and I always want to be as honest as possible. So maybe that's why I'm bringing it up. You rock. All you guys rock. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the reviews, by the way. iTunes reviews have been awesome. Thanks for doing that. I appreciate all of you have been leaving those five-star reviews. It definitely helps me and helps the spread of the podcast. Take care. Talk to you on the next one.